Good morning. Uh, my name is Michael Torman, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and I just want to say that we're glad that you're here, and I am truly grateful to be with you this morning. And I want to start by asking you a question. Has anyone ever called you a piece of work? I mean, it's happened to me a time or two in my life, uh, and if anyone who knows me knows that that's not a surprise. Uh, but I want to tell you that the Apostle Paul actually calls us all a piece of work. He says this in the New Testament, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Handiwork, or in one translation, masterpiece, is defined as that which has been made or a work of our creator. So you are a piece of work. You're a masterpiece work of God. And God, our creator, he looks at us with admiration and with satisfaction. And some of you may have walked through the doors of the church today and you may need to hear that you have value and that you matter. God looks at you, his masterpiece, with great admiration. So you are a piece of work. You're a masterpiece, work of God. And then Paul, in this verse, goes on to state that God has good things that he's prepared in advance for us to do because God has a purpose for his creation and God has a purpose for you. God working through the church to be is plan A for his creation, for the redemption of the world, and there is no plan B. And you... You get the privilege of being a part of plan A. You are plan A. So as I begin this time with us this morning, I want you to hear nothing else. If you have nothing else from me today, I want you to hear that you have value and that you have purpose. I want you to hold that thought because if you're a guest, I want you to just to tell you what we're doing today in case you're wondering. We're actually finishing up a series called Circles of Influence. And this is a series that we've brought in people uh, both from the outside and in the walls of our church who influence us as a church. And we've heard from some of our pastoral staff and some great speakers over the last couple of weeks. And these are people who impact us, impact the world, and they help us see kind of outside our everyday lives and see what God may be doing in our midst and how we as individuals can play a part in it. And so I am truly privileged to be able to wrap up this series with you. So as we start this time, would you pray with me and we'll pray for our service. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us value, not by anything that we've done, but simply because you created us. And God, I thank you that you've given us a purpose. That you've given us something to do here on this earth for your kingdom. I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and even our hands today as we hear from you. And then that you would give us the courage to do something with what we hear. We commit this service to you. We commit this time to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, as an in, a way of introduction to our text today, I want you to take a look at this quick video. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. 
So it is with the body of Christ. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am only an ear, not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? Suppose the whole body were an eye. Then how would you hear? If your whole body were just one big ear, how could you smell anything? What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important are really the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So God has put the body together in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so all the members can care for each other equally. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. I mean, you should have known that the children's pastor was going to bring something like a Mr. Potato Head video uh, when he's teaching. Uh, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or use your smartphone app. But as you're uh, turning there, uh, let me give you a little background for our scripture for today in 1 Corinthians. Uh, the book of 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul around A.D. 55 uh, to the church in the city of Corinth. And Corinth was a city where Greek and Roman cultures existed, but honestly, sometimes they clashed. And Corinth was also a city of commerce and trade, so it was a very busy place. And with it came a lot of religions to the area. And honestly, the church was honestly struggling to get along because societal interests were making their way into the church and, and had potential to be divisive. So the Apostle Paul called all the believers in Corinth to push these divisive issues aside and instead be servants to one another. And so the main point of Paul's letter to the Corinthians was to stress unity in the body and unity among the believers. And so with that in mind, let's take a look at the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul writes this. There are many different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. And then Paul goes on to say things like, there is given one through the Spirit a message of wisdom, and to another a message of knowledge, and another with faith, and another gifts of healing, and so on and so forth. And then he finishes this section in verse 11 by saying, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Paul's point here is that the Spirit of God is at work in all of us and wants to do a work through all of us. As God is changing us on the inside, how we live on the outside should change and should look different. Because when we're changed from the inside out, there should be and will be, hopefully, a, a, uh, an outpouring from us to do God's work using the gifts that he's distributed to us. Let me say that again. When we're being changed from the inside out, 
There should be an outpouring from us to do God's work using the gifts that he's distributed to us. The Greek word that Paul uses here in verse 4 for gift is actually harasma. And it's actually where we get our word charisma from. And harasma can be defined as a divinely conferred power or talent with which one receives without any merit of his own. Meaning, you and I did not earn this gift. It's truly a gift of divine grace. So God, through his grace, has given you and I a gift, and it is from him, and we need to start there and acknowledge it. Pastor and author uh, John Ortberg, in his book, The Me I Want to Be, he gives us a bit of insight onto what these gifts are. He says this, Every once in a while, you do something that surprises you and catch a glimpse of the person you were made to be. You say something inspirational at a meeting. You help the homeless man that no one else notices. You're patient with your rambunctious three-year-old. You lose yourself in a piece of music. You fall in love. You express compassion. You stand up to a bully. You freely make a sacrificial gift. You fix an engine. You forgive an old hurt. And as you do, you get a glimpse for a moment of why God made you. Only God knows your full potential, and he is guiding you toward the best version of yourself all the time. You see, John Ortberg knows and understands that God has given you and I certain gifts, and he wants to do a work in and through all of us. Why, though? Why? Paul tells us why. He says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Did you get that? For the common good. Not for us. Not for ourselves, not for our glory, but for his, or in other words, for the kingdom of God and the betterment of the community. Did you know that your gift and purpose on this earth is not for you? It's not. It's not for you. It is for someone else. It always has been and it always will be. Your gift and purpose on this earth is for someone else and the building of the kingdom of God and the strengthening of the body of Christ. I mean, this is what pastor and author Bill Hybels calls your holy discontent. He says it's that thing that God put in you that beats with God's heart that you cannot not do. It's that thing that says, I have to do this because God made me to do this for the common good, for the greater good and for the kingdom of God. Author and activist and educator Parker Palmer in his book, Let Your Life Speak, he sums it up pretty well when he says, when the gift I give to the other is integral to my own nature, when it comes from a place of organic reality within me, then it will renew itself and me, even as I give it away. So in short, you have a gift for the common good, and you are to give it away. You're to give it away. Now, the remainder of what the Apostle Paul says here in 1 Corinthians that was depicted by our Mr. Potato Head uh, gives us a bit of insight into how these gifts fit into the body of Christ. He says this, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And Paul goes on to, in this passage to say things like, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I, I don't need you. And then finally, Paul ends this section by saying, you are 
the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You see, we are, every single one of us, a part of the body of Christ, and we play a crucial role in the kingdom of God. And as I said before, some of you may have walked through the doors of the church this morning, and you may need to hear that you have value because you don't believe it. And I am here to tell you that you are a valuable part of this body. And for others of you, you may have walked through the doors of the church this morning and you may need to hear that you have a purpose in the kingdom of God because you don't believe that either. And I'm here to tell you that you have a purpose in the kingdom of God and you have a place here in this body of Christ. Let me be honest, if you, if today being here is the only spiritual thing you do all week, you're missing out. Coming to church is important. Communing with God is important, but using your gifts in the body of Christ is equally important. I mean, Jesus said that he came to give us life to the full, and if you're not using your gifts to advance the kingdom of God, then you are missing out on the fullness that God intends for you. Jesus wants more for you. And we at Parkview, we want more for you. We want and we believe God wants to see a church full of Jesus followers using their God-given gifts to serve the kingdom. And now some of you here, you've done this. You've identified your gifts. You've plugged into what's happening here at Parkview. And you are serving in some capacity. And man, I want to tell you, it's awesome to watch you use your gifts to serve in the kingdom. I want to tell you, keep it up. Some of you, you're new, and you're new to Parkview, you're new to the church, you're new to this whole Jesus thing, and we totally understand that. But I'm going to, can I be honest with you? If you call Parkview home, and you've been around for more than a year, and you're not plugged in serving somewhere, man, we're going to tell you, find a place, find a team, plug in, and serve. At the beginning of the year, we did a sermon series called DNA. And this was a sermon series about what makes Parkview Parkview. And actually, actually, as you exit the parking lot, they're on the signs as you exit the parking lot, our six values of who we are as a church. And one of them is everybody does. Well, what is everybody does? It means that everyone, every single one of us, searches out our gifts and our passions. We live into them and we serve in some capacity. I mean, in essence, we're following the example of Jesus who said this, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Let me tell you, in my experience, I grow the most when I serve others. And I think that's true for all of us. We find out who God made us to be when we serve. We find out how we can be used to further the kingdom when we serve. And we find out how we can live into who God created us to be when we serve. And we get the honor and privilege of watching our own lives transform and watch the lives of other people change right before our eyes. And it's a privilege and an honor to watch that transformation and be a part of it. 
I like how John Ortberg puts it. He says, the main measure of your devotion to God, or sorry, your devotional life, is not your devotional life. It's simply your life. Your life matters. Your gifts matter. And you have great influence. And I know some of you are saying, but I don't know enough. I'm not a Bible scholar. Or you don't know the baggage that I carry. Or you don't know where I've been. I'm not worthy. And let me tell you, you are worthy. Because he makes you worthy. And when all the parts work together, the body functions in unity as God intended. And then we get to be a part of seeing the world change in Jesus' name. And you, as individuals, and us as a group, we get to be a part of it. And honestly, the Bible is chock full of examples to this effect. I mean, you may remember the story in Matthew 25, right? If you don't remember that story, it's the parable of the talents. And it's where a master gives three uh, of his servants a, a, a sum of money or a talent. And two of them invest it and get a return on their investment. The third one, he actually buries it in the ground and gets scolded. The point of the story here, don't bury your talent in the ground. It's useless there. God wants to use it for his kingdom. The apostle Peter even said, each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. James, the brother of Jesus, said, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Have I made my point? You have value. You have purpose. You have influence, and God wants you to be using those gifts to serve in the kingdom of God and change the world in Jesus' name. So now what? You may be saying, okay, yeah, we agree with that. Well, let me give you two practical things that you can do. First, if you're not currently serving somewhere or using your gifts to advance the kingdom, I'm going to say this to you. Do something. And I know that sounds overly simplistic, but honestly, anything, pick something and give it a try. Did you know it's okay to dabble in ministry for a season? Not only is it okay, it actually helps those of you who, those of us who say, hey, I may not be good at that, but I'm good at that. Or if people say, hey, I see that in you. Maybe you should serve over there. So it helps people direct you to the right place. So if you don't know where to go, pick something, pick anything. And give it a try for a season. And for some of you, you say, well, yes, but that's not what I'm vocationally trained to do. That's okay. Again, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. This may have nothing to do with what your job is or what you're vocationally trained to do. I mean, for some of us, that's true. You may be a teacher and you serve in children's ministry, and that's awesome. But for some of you, it's going to be something completely different than what you're trained to do. And actually, that's a good thing because it sparks new passion a new calling in you that you maybe didn't even know you had. And to be honest, we have plenty of opportunities here at Parkview for you to plug in, from children's ministry to student ministries, first impressions, worship arts, manna, North Avenue ministry, life groups. We have a place for you, and this is the perfect time for you to say, I'm in. Because next Sunday, August 16th, we open up that new renovated space that we are pumped. If you can't tell, I'm kind of excited about it. Pumped about 
to open up for our kids. And so it's a time for you to say, hey, you can join our team. And this fall is all the time where ministries ramp back up and we're starting and things are kicking off. And you go, hey, this is a great time for you to say, I'm in. Help me find my place. And so I want to take this moment to personally invite even every single one of you. I want you to imagine that you and I are sitting over a cup of coffee and I'm looking into your eyes and you're looking into mine and imagine that when I say, I want to invite you into what God is doing here and through the ministries of Parkview. Come join our team. God wants to use you and your gifts because you have value and you have purpose. Practical thing number two, come to Connect. If you don't know what Connect is, it's actually uh, a gathering that we have in the house next door, just right through those doors. And we usually have that on the third Sunday of every month. And it's an opportunity for you to hear about who we are as a church, what we do, what makes us tick, why we're here, what's our mission and our vision. But it's also a time for you to hear a little bit about what you might be good at and what we may have openings and opportunities for and how you might be able to plug in. In essence, this is an on-ramp for you to find your place in this body. So to come to connect. Let me end by telling you a little story about a friend of mine from the great state of Indiana. And if you didn't know, I am from Indiana and I do love Indiana, so don't make fun of it, okay? Uh, And I am a huge Indianapolis Colts fan, so preseason starts next Sunday. And so you will be seeing me wear my Andrew Luck jersey every Sunday because I'm that crazy of a fan, okay? But this is a friend of mine from the great state of Indiana, uh, from a church back there. And uh, the church every fall would have a barbecue for the men in the church. And so as they would enjoy their carnivorous bounty of a barbecued hog, I don't think that's helping my case about Indiana at all. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as they were enjoying the, the, the barbecued hog, uh, they would hear a message from one of the pastors or oftentimes even an Indianapolis Colts football player. And so the event grew and grew and grew. And this is where my friend Doug Grip comes in. And here's a picture of Doug. Doug uh, had come to the church a couple of years prior and God was working on his heart. And soon he surrendered his life to Jesus and he was baptized and it was really great. But all the while, God was stirring in him what his purpose and his value is. And I got to get this right because Doug was the owner of a water quality monitoring equipment company. Your guess is as good as mine of what that is. Uh, But you know what Doug's true passion was? Cooking. He loved to cook. So much so that he actually soon found himself buying an old food truck, fixing it up and serving meals to the church staff. Well, you can imagine when the call went out for more meat at this barbecue, Doug was all in. He was so all in that he actually made his own homemade gas grill that he affectionately called the Soul Train. And here's a picture of the Soul Train. All right. I mean, that's a big grill. But he had found where he had purpose, where he had value and honestly where he had great influence. And that was cooking for the glory of God. And I know you may say, oh, it's just cooking. That sounds so simple. Yes, sometimes our place in the body of Christ is simple, but it's impactful and it's important. 
Well, on August 26, 2013, Doug and his grillers, they were at it again, and they'd spent weeks planning, days preparing, and hours cooking this meat. And I'm telling you, the parking lot always smelled so good when you left for the day. But unfortunately, there was an undetected gas leak on the grill that Doug was working on. And as he was leaning over to work on it, it accidentally exploded, and it took his life instantly. And while this is a tragic story and the church is still healing from it today, actually in two weeks they'll celebrate the barbecue again. But now they do it in honor of Doug Grip. Why do I tell you Doug's story? Essentially it's because when Doug came to Christ, when he came to know Jesus as his Savior, his response to that love and grace was to serve. And he died doing what God made him to do. Doug had identified his gifts, his value, his purpose, his passion, his calling. And he went out, so to speak, fulfilling his God-given mission. And I'm telling you what, I don't think he'd want it any other way. And I don't know about you, but when I die... When I breathe my last breath on this earth, I want to be found doing the thing that God created me to do. Don't you feel the same way? Don't you want to be found doing the thing God made you to do? You have value. You have purpose. You have great influence. You are a piece of work. And God has work for you to do. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have given us value and purpose. And that you didn't just create us, spin the world, and walk away and say, Good luck. But God, that you have put value and purpose in each one of our lives, that you knit us together in our mother's wombs, and you said, this one I've got a plan for, and this one I've got a plan for, and this one I've got a plan for. And God, for those who walk through the doors this morning and may say, I don't think I'm worthy, I don't have value, God, I pray that you would wipe that away and replace it with the knowledge that they do have value. And God, some of us walked through the door and said, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have a purpose. And God, I pray that you would wipe that away and replace it with, yes, you do, and this is it. God, continue to stir in us and continue to help us to strive to find what it is that you have for us to do so that we can fulfill our God-given purpose in this world for your glory, for the common good, for the purpose of furthering the kingdom of God. But God, we thank you that you love us so much that you'll never leave us nor forsake us and that you're walking this journey for us as we figure that out each step of the way. God, we are grateful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Now as Donnie and the band play this last, last song, I'd like to draw your attention to the insert that's in your bulletin. There's a, there's a note card in there that has a place for notes. And this is a time for you to just spend with God. This is time for you and God to just have a moment. So use that space to write some notes or to reflect on what may be stirring in you. And maybe, maybe you just write the statement, I have value, and you look at it and you say it over and over again. So maybe you start to believe it. Maybe you write down what you're good at or where you'd like to serve or, or what stirs you. What is that holy discontent in you that, just, that you say, I can't not, not do this. I can't get away from this passion I have for that thing, or kids, or, or serving, or hospitality, or whatever it may be. What, what is that thing for you? But let the words of this song speak to you. And have a time and a moment with God and just say, here I am. Send me. Parkview is not made up of one part, but of many. If the First Impressions team should say, because I'm not the man of ministry, I do not belong to Parkview, it would not for that reason stop being a part of Parkview. And if the children's ministry team should say, because I'm not the worship arts team, I do not belong to Parkview, it would not for that reason stop being a part of Parkview. And if all of Parkview were the parking team, where would the middle school ministry be? If all of Parkview were the North Avenue ministry, where would life groups be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of Parkview, every single one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the church be? As it is, there are many parts, but one church. The care ministry team cannot say to global partners, I don't need you. And the high school ministry team cannot say to the women's ministry team, I don't need you. 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 Each one of you here today is a part of this body of Christ. And each one of you play a very important role in it. Amen. Amen can't tell I'm a little bit passionate about this subject. We want to help you find your place, your kingdom purpose here on earth and here in this body. So I want to draw your attention to the other side of that insert that was in your bulletin. And on, that's an interest card. And it just says, hey, I'm in. I'd like to serve. I don't know. Maybe I don't know where, but I want to find my place in this body. So we want to help you with that. So don't leave today. Don't walk out these doors without saying, God, if you're stirring in me, yes, I'm in. Help me find where that is. Fill that out and drop it by the ushers as they're going to be at the doors with a basket. You can just drop it in there and we'll connect with you this week. We want to help you find your purpose in this body of Christ. It's too important to look over. It's too valuable. You're too valuable to look over. So don't leave here today if you're saying, yes, I want to find out what it is. Drop that in the baskets as you leave and we'll connect with you this week. And then next week, we want to welcome you back. Uh, 
And we're going to continue the conversation a little bit because at the block party that Suzanne had mentioned earlier in the service is that we're going to have uh, lots of fun and we're going to have food and, you know, inflatables and all that kind of thing. But there's going to be ministry representatives from every ministry here at Parkview to say, do you have questions? Can we answer them for you? Can we help you find that place? Or, I, you know, is there a certain thing that just, this, is, this is the thing that, that, that wakes me up in the morning? And how can we use that to serve here in this body? So we want to continue that conversation next week. But we also want to welcome you back uh, for a new series we're going to start. It's called Two Ways to Live. It's actually a study on uh, the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to be a great study. And Ray will be back next week. And he'll kick that off for us. But we want to welcome you back next week for those things. And some, maybe, maybe you are somebody who needs time to process all this. And that's okay. Take time this week to pray about it. Seek, ask God, what does he want you to do? What has he created you to do? And then come back next week. Maybe we'll help you find that place. And as always, if this or anything else has stirred you this, this morning, again, don't leave here this morning if you need prayer. We always have our prayer team up here near the front, and they would be glad to pray with you and bring you before the throne of grace, no matter what's going on in your life. So let me pray for you and we'll be dismissed. God, we once again come to you and we are grateful that you have created us and you've given us a value and purpose for this world and for your kingdom. Continue to stir in us what that is and help us to pursue it with tenacity. Because God, we cry out and say, we want to be used by you to bring you glory, honor, and praise, and to help other people know who you are. So use us, God. Here we are. Send us. And God, as your church leaves the building today, I pray that you would continue to go with us, encourage us, challenge us, and help us find out where that is that you want us so that we can live into our full potential as Christ followers and as people, your people, as disciples of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.